Welcome to Outside Games, the podcast. I am the host with the most, Keith Bullock, with my main man, Don Popia. Thank you, sir, Mr. Monday Night. And we are joined by another guest this week, uh, our, an old friend going back to the Blogs with Balls days. He uh, was so gracious to... Uh, to do some stuff with the new outside game relaunch, not only our sort of soft launch in the esports space with Mr. Evan Ingram, and there's a reason behind that, uh, but also this last uh, September event in New York. He is NBA 2K insider and MSG Network's broadcaster, Jeff Eisenband. Jeff, thank you for everything, man. I appreciate that. For, we also got to tell Evan Ingram, right? Get better. Is you he know, no good? He's well. I cannot get better. <laughs> not get better on the field. Get better physically because he's out for the year now. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought uh, you were. Ta- I thought. I thought no, we were no, going no, back no. to no. esports. He's been outstanding. No, no, not that. I'm actually talking about the, his football playing. Yeah, that I, I remember actually um, a couple weeks back, uh, probably midway through the season. I remember seeing him take something on the sideline, fell on his left shoulder, uh, talking to his manager, saying, "Yeah, he's a little banged up." I say, "I exactly remember what that play was." Keith, you ever remember those plays where you're like, "I know exactly what happened." Yeah, I mean, if you get hurt, you know what happened. But you know, it's just been the Giants have just been hurt all year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just been a tough season for um, for Big Blue, and you know, especially when you're a younger player, um, you want to do everything you can to get out there and help your team win. Uh, you know, I was speaking about you know Giants were on the subject. You know, you saw Saquon like a month or so or three weeks ago talking about, oh, I'm gonna keep playing, and look. A uh, 22-year-old, 23-year-old Keith Bullock, I would have that same mentality. Look, the season's not over. Even though we're, we're losing, I'm still going to go out there and give it my all because, you know, I wear that S on my chest at 22. <laughs> but, you know, in hindsight, now at 42 and I'm thinking, listening to Saquon, I'm like, look, bro, you might want to chill out, save some of those carries for next year, um, and just hopefully that the team gets better. But – just like Evan Ingram, who's a younger guy, Saquon, he's a younger guy. These guys want to get out there and, um, you know, put, put their all out there. And they're not wrong for that. But obviously just being a former older player, no, I know better, man. You're going to get paid regardless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sit your ass down. Well, speaking of getting paid, I had to ask Jeff what his uh, title was because when we were doing a little research prior to him coming in, Keith brought up the good point. He's like, man, this kid's. He's done everything. Does everything. All, well, look, I'm glad that that was your reaction because yeah. sometimes I've, I've been telling and and uh, I was joking actually with Joe Favorito recently who I think you guys know about sometimes I go to whether it's a, a, a networking event or I'm on a panel like it was with you guys. People are like, what company do we put down for you? And I'm like, oh, put freelance or something. And it gets people nervous. Like when they can't attribute one person to one company, they're like, I don't know what to do. What should I do? You do know me, right? It's Yeah, exactly. 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 You say H.H. Reynolds put down. Why would would that get people nervous? Obviously, I'm new to working in all these different spaces. So why? Who cares? Like we want... Jeff Eisenband because of what he brings to the table. I don't care what his title is. That's just my mentality. No, I, I think that's great. That's why I'm doing, you know, why I'm I'm hitting the freelance world with the, you know, the ground running right now. But it is, I think just people like to say that's so-and-so from this. Right. Or they like to, you know, it's a lot of people will revert to what's easiest for right. them. And it's just easier to attribute someone, well, they're this person with these coworkers who bring this to the table. And, I, you know, I'm someone that, 
one thing I was thinking about even telling you guys here is like I do esports and sports broadcasting. Right. And sometimes I'm in the esports world and people are looking at me like, oh, you're more of like a sports guy in the esports world. <laughs> and then I'm in the know, sports right? world and people are like, you're doing, you know, could you do sports too? You're doing esports. And it's like, it's all right. I, I, you know, people can dip around the same way that someone might, you know, think about all the players that call football that are also calling basketball yeah, or calling sure. something else. For sure. I mean, look, I, I, I 1000% agree. Like if you let, and allow someone to put you in a box, then, you know, you're probably not going to make it to what you really want to do. So, you know, don't don't be pigeonholed. But, you know, since one of your titles is uh, 2K yep. League, um, let's talk about that a little bit. I was a, I used to be a big time 2K player. I haven't played much this year. But how is that league structured and how, um, you know, does it work? Yeah. Yeah. For people that don't know. So the NBA 2K League is right now between Seasons 2 and Season 3. Season 3 will be starting in the spring. And so Season 1 was 17 NBA teams buying in, 17 of the 30 with with a team. Adam Silver called it the fourth league, you know, NBA, WNBA, G League, NBA 2K League. League itself is half-owned by um, Take-Two Interactive, half-owned by the, by the NBA itself. Uh, 17 teams in Season 1, 21 teams in Season 2, four more NBA teams brought in. And then Season 3 is going to be 23 teams, 22 NBA teams, and then one esports organization, Gen G, has bought in as the first team, the first organization outside of an NBA team in the league. That team is going to be based in L.A. for, for their first season, but it will actually be... Um, the home city will be considered Shanghai for that team. So that that's the aspect of going global. And then on top of that, this is six players a team, five on five. So I don't know what type of NBA 2K you played. Yeah, nah. This is you probably played one v one. These are five guys. Like if you're a shooting guard, you play your position and you spread the floor, and everyone's in the headsets, you know, communicating. Wow. Uh, five on five. Training. I wish we had the camera this because <laughs> Keith's face like what? Because nah, I played 2K and like I've never like we played. Maybe we play two on two, you know, five yeah. on five, two on two, two people controlling on each team. So whether that be four people playing. Um, yeah, and that's difficult. So I can only imagine how you get a real um, tight game playing with five different – like these guys, they obviously have practice and stuff well, like so that. The other thing I was going to say is they train in their home cities. So if you're on, the, if you're on Magic Gaming – you're spending the week training in Orlando. The players live together in Orlando. They train every day. This is pretty They're cool. They're paid as professionals. And then for right now, for the time being, obviously the league's still starting up. All regular season games have been played in New York at a studio um, in New York City. And then the league finally in season two actually added two tournaments during the season, one in Vegas and one that happened to be in Orlando. So easy for that Magic team. But if you're... Uh, Blazer Blazer Five Gaming, the Blazers team in Portland. You're training in Portland, and you're traveling across the country all the time. That's pretty cool. And the league pays for this, but similar to say an NBA squad. Or yeah, NBA yeah. So and and the players themselves in season two, and the salaries will continue to go up as the league grows. In season two, you had first round original players from the first season who were back, who were getting paid thirty nine thousand. First round picks for season two, thirty seven thousand. Uh, next, anything after that, thirty-five thousand. That's a base salary for a six-month contract, and then there wow. was one point two million in bonus money that was spread out based on performance incentives throughout the season. Big business, man. Yeah, I mean, like, so if you're Portland, you have to play with the Trailblazers. No, no, that's a great question. So every player is a ninety overall. Um, you create so each um, each position has what's called an archetype five archetypes per position right so before each game you don't have to be 
stick to one archetype the whole season before each game, you pick at each position which archetype you want to use. Everyone's a 90 overall. They're their own avatar. So like if Keith Bullock, if you were in the game and your gamer tag was K-Bull or something like that, that's what you would OG Titan 53. OG 1053. <laughs> um, and you would you would you you could create a player if you want that looks like you. doesn't have to look right. like you. You give yourself a mohawk or whatever. Um, and then if you're a point guard, you're, you know, whatever that height is, maybe it's 6'3". If you're a center, it's seven one, and you're... Your player just all of a sudden grows. Um, it still looks the same, and so so the the NBA players are not used. It's not the right. NBA okay. teams. It's a specific like think of it as a G League team or a WNBA. Create a player. It's create a player. The color schemes are the same. Technically, a different team name and a different you know it, it's a different business, a different budget, different business vertical to that organization. Gotcha, Jeff. You you. Man, you're rolling. These things are rolling off your tongue. You know what you're talking I've about. I've said this. All. I've, I've done sure, this enough. I'm sure you have. So I'm curious, is, is this something prior to getting into the role that you're at that you were you know, this mm-hmm. fluid or this familiar with it or something that you've picked up and learned to be passionate about? So uh, I'm 26 and I graduated college in 2015. And when I came out of college and I started working at the post game, which is the, the where I came into contact with Blogs and Balls, BW, I want to say five, Chicago, 2015. Yeah. Um, spring 2015. No, six. There was, uh, I think they were both in. Yeah, or was six and, se- oh, six six, and seven. Yeah, six and seven. Right, then it was six. Five was in Toronto with the uh, – with the, the starters. That's your history that you know. <laughs> um, but so I came out and started working at the Post Game, which at the time was a sports and lifestyle, um, you know, online magazine publication. And a lot of people, I'd go to networking events and a lot of people would say, hey, get into esports, get into esports. Like, that's the big thing. And I kept looking at it as I'm someone who grew up on video games. Like, my age hits right in the sweet spot. Not not quite right in the sweet spot. I'm a little early. We'll talk about that later. But I'm, I, I grew up on video games, so it's normal for me. But I looked at the esports landscape, and I'm seeing League of Legends and CSGO and games that, especially PC games, that I never touched. And that people from my background as diehard sports fans and who, someone who wants to be a sports journalist, this does not align with what <laughs> I'm growing. As much as people want those esports to be in the sports ethos. They're just not. With that said, as things started to grow and I got connected with the NBA and I started hosting some content for the NBA Twitch channel, which was literally me playing NBA 2K with NBA players and taking questions in the chat. Could not have been a better game. Could you hold your own? I mean, sorry? Could you hold your own, I guess? For the, I mean, like, look, we I played with John Starks. He couldn't figure out the buttons <laughs> in the first quarter. I played, with, I played with DeAndre Ayton who plays competitively and was lighting me up. So, you know, I'm not that good. Right. So it was a different, you know, different stroke. Depends, different depends there. on the but, um, but then when the NBA 2K League was starting, uh, a guy named Sam Asfahani, who was head of content there, who now runs a place called OS Studios in New York that you guys definitely need to check out. Um, he moved over to do the NBA 2K League content. I said to him, I said, look, I said, could I get involved in some sort of way? He said, our draft's coming up, you know, in a month. Let's give you a microphone and put you on the red carpet. Interview all of these guys as like the NBA 2K League reporter on the red carpet. If anything's great, we'll put it in the in the draft st- like day stream. If it's good, we'll put it on social. We'll give it to the teams. It'll be in promotional stuff, whatever. And I did that. And the first day, every guy I asked, what were you doing before this? And keep in mind, unlike the NBA draft or something where guys have been recruited since they were 13, yeah. we knew nothing about most of these guys, like literally nothing. People hadn't even seen them in person right. before. Because they're just like 
regular people so that work nine to five. And that's the thing. When I asked them, I said, what would you do before this? I was driving a truck. I just right. gave my two weeks notice and I'm here. Wow. I was working in a factory, in an Amazon factory. Then we had some guys. One guy was a, was a financial consultant that quit you know, his great job. Another guy was working in the State Department in D.C., had just gone through a year of training basically to get a position and left to all of a sudden you know, be in the NBA 2K League. So I walked away that day and I said, there are so many awesome stories to tell in this league. And it's got the sports angle. You know, A lot of people talk about esports athletes and they say, oh, well, they're not great in front of the camera. Not the, M- the NBA 2K League guys think they're NBA players. <laughs> so they come in. They're like, they really hit 30 yeah. last night. <laughs> 30, well, they, 10. But, but they, they like look up and they're like, LeBron had this you know, quirk to some reporter. Like, I want to be like that. And it's awesome. And at the same time, they building their so brand. Much, they're building their brand, but they also, there's so much to uncover about these guys. There's so much. I mean, you have guys in the league from, you know, 19 year olds who are going to now getting going to school every fall semester and taking off spring semester to play spring and summer going back you have those stories and you've got guys who are like closing in on 30 who are raising two kids and this salary has actually changed their life right there's there's a guy who has three kids who's a welder in louisiana during the off season right you know and he got a nice little cushion that the off season the off just stuck with me too (laughs) the off season and by the way there really is no off season because you got to be playing the new game that comes out (laughs) do they get access to the new games before they hit the market so they i don't believe so i think some of the players are getting to the point where they might be influential enough that they're in that group of influencers that's able to to go over the game before a lot of them have direct access to game developers, which helps. And obviously, 2K's role in that 50% Take Two Interactive, they create the custom form of the game. And that is not a retail version. You know, I talk about those archetypes. That is not a retail right. aspect of the game. This is sort of like, it, it, it's, it's, you know, think about the levels that you have of 2K and, you know, up to Hall of Fame. It's like, this is beyond Hall of Fame. This is the hardest level of the game. So, what do you just said? I mean, think about this though: the competitive advantage. Those guys that are deemed influential that are able to get the earlier versions of these games, right? Doesn't it? I mean, you would think that the league would want to make sure everybody was kind of on a level playing field. Yeah, right? I mean, they're trying. I, I, and I don't know the details honestly. So, like, I know a lot of the teams got advanced copies and sent the game to their. To their players, yeah, I, would, I would hope it would be like pretty even across the board. But we're talking about the new game comes out in roughly September or late late August, early September, and then we're talking about the league actually not starting up again until March. Yeah. So you're not the the league aspect ends up being the second half of the game cycle, and that part of that makes sense because like 2K20 came out in September, the players have to learn the game right. by the time because there's a little bit of a different meta. That's one difference between esports. And traditional sports is like football is not going to, you know, the rules might change, but the actual gameplay, the gameplay won't change. The gameplay does little quirks about shooting and dribbling and passing and timing changes. So how do uh, does a team like if I wanted to get a a Nashville team, how, how do I get that going? Is that possible? So there is a Memphis team. There is gaming. Um, Lang Lang Whitaker, BWB alum, um, who was, you know, on, it was with Slam Magazine, GQ, NBA TV. He got hired to work for Grind City Media in Memphis and was basically like they asked him to also coach the team and he's got – he loves it. You know? what, what is a coach's they got, role? They're about to do, what is a coach's Oh, role? yeah. By the way, all these teams have coaches, right. GMs, scouts. But, but again, Lang was a guy that was an editor, an author, right? I want to be an NBA owner. TV. How is he coaching these 
Well, to, to get to... Is he to, making substitutions? Yeah. Well, with Keith's question, first of all, um, you know, I think that Gen G, like I said, an esports organization coming in has opened the door for, well, how can anyone, you know, does, this doesn't need to cap off at 30 teams. Right. Um, so you have um, the first NBA, batch of NBA teams that bought in, bought in at three years for 750K. Um, I don't know what the Gen G, that is not public information, right. what Gen G bought in at, but that'll be the question of if Nashville wants to start a team, you know, what sort of resources do we need? What, you know, what's the buy-in price and things along those lines. Um, in terms of the coaches, so you cannot make in-game subs. Like I said, there's a six player, but you have to set your lineup of five guys with their five archetypes before the game. But like we said, you're practicing. Are they playing with week. fatigue? No fatigue. Okay. Or actually, yes, there is there is slight fatigue. There is fatigue, but it's it's not enough that you would okay. sub in. Okay. I got you. Um, but you're dealing with this aspect of you're practicing every week. You're examining lineups. You're thinking to yourself, you know, does this guy work better at this position? Should we try out this guy at this position? So the coach's job is a lot of that. There's a lot of plays. Um, so Tommy Tommy Abdenar was one of the coaches of uh, the Warriors team. His dad, Kimmer, his dad's name, but he was a big, um, I believe, assistant coach for the, for the Warriors back in the day. He was the G League video coordinator. And so he's drawing up plays for these guys because that's what he's doing on the G League team. So that was his role. You have a lot of older guys within their NBA 2K community that maybe have families and aren't playing and practicing enough, but they're respected because they were putting on underground online tournaments right. for the last 10 years. So people right. respect them. So is um, obviously your mainstay is uh, 2K, but are you familiar with like any other league? Because like my my foster brother, it, like he plays StarCraft, mm-hmm. like he plays StarCraft too. Like his boys play Overwatch. You know what I mean? Like I was just telling you before. Look, I'm trying to get my Twitch yeah. popping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, so, that's yeah. Um, so me in particular, I mean, I've looked at myself and 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 I've considered some of those games you mentioned. You know, Overwatch League is obviously big. League of Legends will always be big from an esports pers- perspective, but they're just not games that I know will learn. You know, and I I understand how big those business models are, but it's just not. It's not organic enough. I played Overwatch. There was a point in time where I definitely was playing um, Overwatch, and I found it to be like a. It was fun, but to like your point, like I'm not that good. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you know, my my brother, like they've always been good. Like I was telling down, like his group of friends since we were like 15, they've always been good. And if I were to get into esports and get a team, that's who I'm going with. These 40 year old men <laughs> that have been killing video games well, for like yeah. almost over 20 years. years. <laughs> Look, and, and Overwatch has itself, you know, a, uh, an, a city model where they're actually going to play home games coming wow. up in the next season. So that's something to look at there for me. You know, it's been, I think that a lot of sports leagues are going to follow the NBA. I think the NHL is is getting close there. Madden has had its competitive events for a while. The, the challenge that Madden has, which we talk about Overwatch League and NBA, and NBA 2K League, the difference there, they're team sports. Right. Madden has always, I think, the biggest thing that's hampered it has been the fact that it's just, you're not going to play 11 on 11. Right, no. Um, so it's an individual sport. That first of all means less players are actually going to be there at the competitive level. You know, if you have one for every all 32 NFL teams, that's right. 32 players. The NBA 2K League, you get to 30, you know, 30 times six. six yeah. um, 
I'm not going to do they it. Could do it. <laughs> they could do um, it like the Premier League, you know, like the can. better so, tier yes, teams. Yes. Like, I think I always have thought like how the Premier League like just works is pretty cool. Like if you're shitty, then, yeah, you still have a soccer team, but you're not playing for anything of, you know, importance besides trying to get tiered up for the next year. So, But I think that I think that for me. I'm looking at sports leagues, and right. I think that sports video games are going to continue to grow, continue to grow, and I think that there, there is a certain level of consistency with sports video games that you know there will always be an NBA game that comes out yeah. in August or September. Overwatch, you know, right now you buy you buy the model, and you know, are they ever actually going to come out with another Overwatch? They don't need to update the game. Um, the question there, I think, is you you were talking about Call of Duty before, and Call of Duty, I don't think is at its peak. That it once was, right? Even though they're coming out with the Call of Duty World League now, so there is a, an actual team league that's yeah. coming. See, the thing is, like, it's, it's video games, so something even like Call of Duty, and even like Two K, like there are glitches in video games. So I'm not gonna be in the Call of Duty league, and I'm shooting this guy fifty. I'll unload a whole clip, and it like I don't know, I don't understand how that would work, and even like. Like even then, like the Maddens and all those, there are glitches in those games sometimes. Well, I think Call of Duty also deals with you know sometimes your modern warfare, sometimes they go back to World War Two. It's like you need a consistent model. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because they're some, modern warfare this year, just to let yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but well, I'm saying some you know one guy might be good with this type of gun, but he's going back right. 90 years, and is he still going to be right. you know at the same level? I think you're seeing a great example. All right, MLB the Show announced. Two weeks ago, that it, it right now it's just on PlayStation. That it will go to other console or other forms of right. whatever gaming systems. Gaming systems. To me, that means that Xbox games, maybe Nintendo products, PC, whatever it is. I think a lot of that is to develop an eventual esports vertical because you can't just have someone on one system. You can't just be relying on PlayStation. And I didn't mention it by the way. Alienware is the partner for the NBA 2K League that allows you to play on Xbox or PlayStation. So Alienware. the players can play with whatever they want. Yeah, and that's what I was just about to say. On this new um, Call of Duty, they have cross-play where you can play PC, you can play uh, Xbox and PS4. I'm a PS4 guy. A lot of my friends play on um, uh, P- um, Xbox 360, so it kind of like works. Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 360. They could be way Listen. I, I've heard people like with Super Smash, for example, pe- people still play on the old, on the Wii. Like they won't go to the new Nintendo systems because they like that better as the competitive gameplay. Uh, do you see like any other leagues like such as like FIFA maybe and so NHL? FIFA has a robust um, esports vertical. It's it's 1v1. I actually think I would be interested if they could ever do 11 on 11. I think you could at FIFA. Um, because I, I think you could. But 1v1, especially in Europe, is very popular. So um, FIFA is much more Euro-centric from its uh, esports vertical. EMLS has started where there's a player, uh, you know, each team has a player. Um, and it's and it's doing well. It's, you know, I think what the NBA 2K League has, and maybe I'm biased, but what I think it has that those other leagues don't is the ability to be a sports game and a team game. And I think that it's there's a there's a an element to it when a great play happens and the players celebrate together that I think is just different than you know you look at tennis and golf are great examples of individual sports where it's hard to be I guess you know Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal have done a great job <laughs> in themselves 
being, but they're just two guys. Right. Like it's hard to get people excited about multiple individuals to that level that a team can harness. You know, when when you have five guys who are hugging and and working together, and there there's just that emotion that you don't see elsewhere. One thing I always ask you is, you know, is this have a, I answered it yet? If no, I think you have, <laughs> I mean, but well, you know, I, not I'll, for our audience. Yes, um, you know, just is this a flash in the pan? Uh, or is this sort of a viable thing? I know mm-hmm. one of the PR guys that you mentioned earlier, uh, I, I believe, and I don't want to put words in his mouth or call him out, but I, I think he's a little, uh, you know, a little bearish on, on the sport. I think that, and this is where I was going back, I was mentioning it earlier about, I said, I, I said I'm just older than the sweet spot of all this. And what I mean by that is I always go back to the story, um, and Keith, you were, you were on, on the field back then, 2006, uh, ESPN came out with a show called Madden, Madden Nation, which was each team, I believe, had a, a player, an individual, a gamer was assigned to each team to play as that team. And they went around what they called the Madden bus, starting yeah. with 32 people. And they'd go to different locations, play games. And if you lost, you got kicked off the bus and there'd be one guy standing. And I was so hyped because Madden <laughs> was my game. I was 13. Like, that's what I wanted to watch. Get on that bus. And, well, I wanted to see the guys. I was like, I want to see the yeah. best. Like, what am I not doing? And remember, this is there's not as much, you know, there's not that ability to watch all this stuff right. back then. So I turn it on and it's scripted for 23 minutes of TV. So basically it's the human interest stories and the guys shaking hands and the score. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see just the right, last right. Ne- So a few years later when YouTube started to boom and eventually Twitch, you start to have a situation where someone says, I want to see the highlights of the best player playing my favorite game. Search it on YouTube. I want to see the best player playing right now. How can I get better at this game? Just go to Twitch. And so now these kids grow up where the same way – that you just want to watch a sports highlight or you want to watch the live game, the same way they grow up on that, they grow up with video games having that same sort of access. I mean, my kids do that with Minecraft. Like They sit there and just watch kids play on, Minecraft yeah, in yeah. Roblox and, and stuff And they got this like new that. one, too, where my, my Kinect broke on the uh, Xbox One, thank God, so they stopped spying on me. But now they go onto YouTube, put it on the smart TV, and do Just Dance like from the YouTube videos, too. And then, But you're watching, like, like look at this. Pudgy, like, I don't know where he's from. He's, yeah. he's not speaking English, but they're like, all right, let's dance. Look, like, a lot of adults can't figure out how to use an iPad. You give it to like a four-year-old and they oh, figure yeah. it out. Well, man, that's that's like crack to them, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, so how do I get, like I, like I was just saying, I signed up. How do I get my followers up on Twitch, man? How, so like, the, the kind of the formula is you got to be streaming. You got to be streaming you know, as constant as possible. And a lot of people think that timing is everything. Like if you're every Thursday at five o'clock, okay. it's like, all right, people know Thursday yeah. at five o'clock or something. It's like tune in TV. Um, yes. Um, you have to, you have to be sharing it on your social, you know, because oh, so put it to my Twitter. I would put the link on your Twitter uh, and you have a great Twitter following. Uh, okay. And it'd be like, I would like to see, you know, this other side. Cause I got a little weird, like, cause, um, how I got into like I was at my, one of my friends' house, like I was telling you off air, mm-hmm. and they were talking about yeah, broadcasting. And I was like, you always, I always see it broadcast. So I followed the steps and I went through it, and um, yeah, like are there certain more games that like people are into, or you know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. I just went out there on my Call of Duty because that's just what I was <laughs> playing. Thing, yeah. You know what I mean? And were you? Did you have a camera going, or were you just camera looking at me? Yeah. 
No. So that helps. I mean, oh. that just adds. But don't they want to watch the game? They want to, but they also, part of it is, and this is where I think Esports How do I get, comes in. whoa, that's crazy. So you got to get, it's actually, I mean, Xbox Connect is like a simplest, and I oh, think I PlayStation has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah. He, like he said he has Xbox Connect, which is like the panel that goes with everything, and that has a camera built in. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe PlayStation has a different um kind of model that you could use for that but also it's about using systems like like obs which might sound like gibberish to you right now but it's different forms of you know streaming softwares that you can use a webcam or you can use you know the camera on your laptop and right. put it on you because i think what people want to see beyond just they don't want to just see someone playing on a screen they want to see the reaction the human reaction oh, of that person i got a bunch of reactions like explicit lyric uh you know warnings up there well the, look there's laws between you know people get in trouble because they put too much music on and stuff like uh, that in the background the so you, do, you do have to watch stuff like that yeah but but it goes back i think you gotta you know put on twitter you know, the live link when you're going so people will jump in and then they'll follow you right. because they see that. And also it's about, you know, trying to be creative with it and being consistent with it. Like if it's something you really want, it's like Keith Bullock's Call of Duty Thursdays, you know, or maybe you're thinking NFL fans are your followers and they're getting ready to watch Thursday night football. Not anymore, but during the season right. it could have been they're getting ready at 8.15. So from 7 to 8 you're going to stream and like talk while you're playing, you're talking – a little bit about oh, the game. We'll do a halftime oh, show shit. next year. Hey, Just yeah. the halftime at Monday Night Football. It's like, join me instead of, you know. And on top of that, Thursday Night Football was on Twitch this year. Dang. So Jeff, I want, to, I want to shift a little bit, unless you guys, and I feel like Keith can we'll keep going with this. Yeah, we're good. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but no, I want, I want to talk about you and, and sort of your career. And, and we talked about, and geez, what do you say? You're 26? Yeah. Right? Keith was joking around again earlier about, how you've done everything i said yeah and he's in his mid-20s so so that's a whole nother point but um you know you've are you comfortable with the role that you've sort of assumed now in your career as you know you're somewhat pigeonholed here a little bit yeah. now um you know you were a writer uh yeah. i felt early you know earlier in your young career it was more in that sp sports business track yeah. that you were going um are you comfortable with kind of where you've landed so I mean, I, I, I'm comfortable, isn't it? Like, I'm not going to say I'm 100% like everything's perfect. Um, and I don't feel bad about that. Um, I came in, so I, I went to Northwestern for journalism. Um, and there, that was, so 2011 to 2015 was such a critical time, I felt like, for media. I always tell people, the first day, first class I took, people said, we really advise you should probably start a Twitter while you're here by 2015 my senior year twitter was a class like a full course so that just i would have loved to take that class <laughs> <laughs> but that just explains kind of how things changed in the four years that i was there so at the time i mean this is you're talking about like northwestern missouri syracuse as like the pinnacles of, of journalism education at least that's what they'll tell you when you're there and they were True. so you know this um there was uh so there was a required internship that everyone had to have um, and a lot of kids got hooked up with small local TV stations if they wanted to do the broadcast route. And I came to school thinking I was going to do broadcast. That's what I did in high school. I called every varsity sporting event and I, like, that's what I wanted to do. And I had to choose magazine news, um, marketing or broadcast route. And I saw these broadcast kids going to like, you know, Jackson, Mississippi <laughs> to do, and I was like, I just don't know if that's the way you yeah. move on up in this world now. So I chose magazine because I saw it as digital and I saw it as like, 
I'm going to be able to tell creative stories and also learn how to just be more creative. So I did that. Um, I started working at the Post Game, which was you know a, cl- a small digital platform, which was the perfect place for me to go because they were basically like, you figure out how to make this content work. And I was writing. I was testing video interviews. I was doing some audio. And yes, sports business was something that I think I was getting pitched so many sports business stories. I knew I could get interviews with an athlete per se if I was taking Steph Curry on the sports business angle as opposed to like, you know, what's it like playing under Mark Jackson? At the yeah, time? I mean, yeah, we as athletes, we like to talk about different things all the time. Well, that's and, and you're per- like, it's, it's great that we can have this conversation that you're on this side now because. I always tell people, like, I had a formula when I was interviewing athletes. You know, I'd try to, to ask them questions at the beginning that had nothing to do, weren't the hard questions that I know that they didn't want to answer. And I'd try to build that. If I got 10 minutes with an athlete, the first four minutes were just trying to build trust. So then I could get into some more creative questions. And a lot of times it was business related. Um, that wasn't necessarily my passion. That's, I think, a lot of times in this business, I've looked at, how do I get to my passion? And you might not get to your passion tomorrow. Would I love to talk about the NBA and NFL on national TV every day? Yes, but that's not going to happen. So it's a matter of how can I inch my way up? The NBA 2K makes a perfect example. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, that's yeah, right, thinking, thinking long term. You're 26. That's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen right now, but you've been building your reel for you yeah, know, you're out here hustling. F- five years. Yeah. That's so that's and that's where I've gone freelance now. For I, I left my old job last November, and I basically said, if I'm going to take this chance, I got to take it now, um, and let me dip my feet into as many things and find out what I can really strive in. Esports was one vertical I looked at, especially with my NBA 2K League stuff. That was the base that I basically quit my old job on. I know I have this work. This is not going to pay me for the full year, but how can I gain some other things? Right. Sports betting and fantasy was something that I looked at. Everyone's there's a boom of that right now. Right. Everyone's trying to get more content um, in terms of you know everyone's trying to build that into a content source also. So I'm going to do that. And then something that we haven't talked about. And I don't even know if you know this much about me, but it, golf is something that I've. Well, I, I follow your social. I know you're so always out on the courses. So. It's it's something that like I just come from a golf craze family. My yeah. brother right now is actually trying to make it on a minor, on a minor league uh, circuit right now. So it's something that I know I know well. I know that there aren't that many 26 year olds yeah, trying to point. get in front of the camera for golf. Right. Um, so I'm trying to push into that. But it does spread myself a little thin. So you talk about the original question being, am I uncomfortable? Well, it's it's a challenge. Like the hustle is, you know, it's you guys contacted me this morning. You want to come out here and do a podcast? <laughs> I did a lot of that. One thing I'm doing, I'm writing an article later. So I got to interview someone on the phone, you know, in an hour and a half. And like it's it's a lot of trying to make ends meet and trying to figure out what right now, work hard right now. And then figure out, you know, where to go from there. And whether you love him or hate him, you guys know I'm, I'm friendly with Darren Ravel. And he said to me, he was like, you work as hard as you can in your 20s. Because that's going to be the time to just hit, hit the ground running. And I've always had this mentality of, let's say, when I get to 29, for example, like, where will, will I be at a place where I'm comfortable? You know, as I go into a more middle age and honestly prime. Like, where can I set myself up by then? Yeah, and you're talking to two guys at, at 29 were in totally different careers, and you just kind of follow your passions and hustle your balls off, to be quite blunt with you. And, you know, going back to when we first met, again, at, at BWB out in Chicago, 
you know, the bar had cleared out and, you know, Jeff was in the back just picking Kevin Blackstone's brain and I was closing out the tab and sat with them for a few minutes and he wasn't afraid back then, you know, back when he was in school to, uh, you know, to put himself out there and you've seen as his career's gone on, you know, you've, you've maintained that and kept doing that. Well, let me, I'll tell that quick story. So that was BWB six we've established. I believe so, yeah. So I was, that was in, I want to say May uh, or no, it was whenever the NFL draft April. was. So, yeah. so it was April. The end of April. Um, it was, uh, and so I had gotten my new jo- my job at the post game. I was locked in for, and they said they I guess gotten a notice and said, hey, you should, you know, we'll pay for your ticket, whatever it was. I'll tell you. Let me stop you right there. The outside, I mean, the post game, great pedigree and also great relationships. Like the guys that were there before you. Um, we're Victor Chi, I believe, equally talented. Yeah. But I mean, Max Thompson Max and Thompson, I are yeah. very close. I've been to his wedding. We've seen him down in Texas when we've been down there. Uh, he's with the XFL now, doing comms for them uh, with the Dallas team. Uh, Adam Watson, uh, who used to be there, he used mm-hmm. to do a lot of foodie stuff, right? So when I was working with Kobayashi, he was big. He's over at NFL Films. So for whatever the outside game was and became and got bought and sold and misshapen and and transformed, like. You guys have had some talent there too, and so that was that was my first sort of. He was uh, Victor. What she was my editor was like, you you know, we'll get down there and just uh, kind of meet some people, and maybe you'll come across an article or something. Um, and I give him that was my first ever like networking event, and I showed up, and there were actually some other Northwestern kids, I believe, there too, um, and I was just like my eyes were just lit up by the names and, and other kids, my friends would joke with me cause it was like a journalism haven. Yeah. Like I remember, so then we went to the bar after and Zach Harper was sitting at a table and basically had like three to five guys around him. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever been this cool before, you know, that he's like here and, and everyone just wants to hear what Zach Harper has to say right. about the NBA. Um, and yeah, Kevin Blackstone walked in who I knew was a Northwestern guy. I, I went up to him, I introduced myself and he said, I'm sitting down actually right now because he was in town. He wasn't, he doesn't live in Chicago. He said, I'm sitting down with one of my old fraternity brothers right now. We're about to have wings. You want to sit with us? I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I just sat and Kevin Blackstone told me stories about going to Northwestern for like an hour. And I've never, I haven't seen him since we've talked a little bit. We've referenced it. Like we, we, we DM sometimes. And, um, but that was just my first sort of also in terms of networking, like I put myself out there. I asked Kevin Blackstone, just, I just said hi. And the next thing I knew, I was learning for an hour at something that I just showed up at. Like, didn't know, I didn't know who he was. Don pointed out right here. Like, he could have just been some some random guy through email on the internet. Guy behind a guy. <laughs> I mean, um, that was one of my first were, blogs. So that was there. one you of my there, first yeah. blogs with Balls, too, the one in Chicago. And that kind of, you know, opened my eyes to the type of events to the type of event that Blogs and Balls was, I also was at the bar afterwards. And, you know, everyone that obviously participated in the day came to the bar that evening. So um, for me, that's why, you know, I kind of was talking to Don, like, when it's a 10-year, yo, we need to do something. And then, <laughs> hence, we got the outside game. So, and obviously, you came to our first outside game event. So, you know, that's what I would like to see happen with the outside game, kind of the situation and the story that you just told from five, six years ago, you know, to continue that, that um, 
you know, process as we move forward to be able to put um, people like yourself in position to, you know, facilitate and manifest their destinies, whatever they might be. <laughs> well, but- I, I, sorry, not to just be the outside game propaganda here. But, <laughs> no, by all means. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, because a lot of people were asking me, they said, what is this? You know, I see your names on this. What is it? And I said, you know, you know how you go to like these sports business events or sports yeah. business panels and they're First of all, sometimes it's the same people on the panels or it's the same story or it's like no one's actually – the panel doesn't provide anything. It's just kind of there and everyone's just chomping at the bits to get to the end of the day networking and stuff. I'm like this is different because first of all, the panels are going to be different and Pac-Man was different for our panel and – you know, and Robin Lair was different for that panel. And there's networking throughout the day, which, you know, I think that it's such a simple thing that you yeah. mas- you guys have mastered. Gotta that tweak it. But other people, thank you. But other people yeah. don't, you know, yeah. you can't have people waiting the whole day. You yeah. can't have people, people just, they want to be able to chit chat, but they also want to learn. So to me, that was, that's why I think that it's just different. And that, that we, and have you talked to Pac Man since? He's yeah, a freelancer. Sure. We got to. <laughs> Gotta hire him. <laughs> Be our uh, I want to start wrapping it up, but l- let me kind of flip it around real quick. So, um, you know, Keith, new to the sort of broadcast game, too. What, what is the bit of advice that you'd give to to him and, and me, really? Too? Well, I'm flattered that that you'd ask me to give advice, <laughs> but um, I mean, it's, doing something right, man. Well, I think that you know, one thing that at least for me has just been, um, you know, get the opportunity first, and then just try to realize that. So much of it is prep and so much of it is making sure that by the time you're actually sitting there, like it's just seamless what you're doing. And I think that, you know, I, I talked to you guys before about like this MSG, these MSG segments right now I'm doing with the Devils before Devils pregames. It's one minute. So it's not exactly like, you know, I do I write I do the research, I write the script and I do all this stuff. And, and it is not live in particular, but it's like you got to have do all this work for just a short period of time. So and I've had so many early interviews or so many early times I interviewed someone, I was like, I for, I didn't get in all this stuff that I wanted to get in. It's like, well, what is the actual important stuff? Because everything looks like on air for broadcasters, like they're talking nonstop, but really it's just a sliver of time and you're just trying to get the most important things in. Unless you have a radio show for like five hours. He's got to talk, talk, talk. Well, he does a little bit of that too. I do that too. <laughs> well, Jeff, again, appreciate you not only uh, you know turning this around today for us, uh, but also again just your your support, your friendship. You've been great to us. I hope we we've been great to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back or talk to you soon or pick your brain as Keith yeah, tries to put his that, Nashville um, his e- Nashville squad together for sure yeah, with yeah. his uh, with his brothers. <laughs> he's putting his uh, he's going to put his middle aged squad together. Well, look, Overwatch League. Maybe that's the destination. There's got to be a Nashville Overwatch League team. Hey, man, you know what? I'll do my research. Um, you know. These guys are in he their 40s with kids, so I don't, I don't know how much they're going to really um, be able to travel with the vigorous uh, regiment that the eSport requires, but um, I'm sure they'll give it a thought. Well, scout. Jeff, what's the best way to reach you? Is it Twitter? Or? Uh, tw- yeah, at Jeff Eisenband on all social, J-E-F-F-E-I-S-E-N-B-A-N-D. Well, Jeff, thanks again. Keith, thank you again. Uh, Until next week, I'm Don. That's Keith. Find us at The Outside Game on all the socials as well. Keith. Peace. Later.